Hello there, you're listening to the Park Crush Podcast. It's a Thing Park Podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm alone for now. Uh, no Josh this week, if you're a regular listener, and you would have expected to have heard his voice by now, but alas, he's not here. And uh, that's because we're, we're kind of keeping ourselves a little bit in reserve. This lockdown situation means that theme park trips are obviously completely off the cards. Theme park news is also in short supply, so we don't want to exhaust everything that we could possibly talk about uh, in the space of just a few weeks when we don't know how long this whole lockdown situation is going to be going on for so we've got our theme park video game review series we've got some other ideas in the pipeline as well but uh this week i was lucky enough to uh spend an hour or so chatting to theme park journalist carly weisel about her recent visit uh i say recent it is relatively recently that she went to disneyland's california adventure to check out what's to come with Avengers Campus uh, but it does now it does feel like years ago <laughs> and uh, that land due to be opening this coming July again uh, a little bit up in the air right now because of what's going on in this crazy crazy world of ours but all that's left to say really is that uh, I hope you're all keeping safe uh, well healthy and of course indoors staying indoors is a surefire way to make sure that you stay uh, uh, safe, well, and healthy. Uh, but yeah, uh, interview with Carly Wiesel coming up after this very brief musical interlude. Uh, I think it was a really good chat, a really interesting chat about Disney's plans for Avengers Campus and uh, a little bit extra as well. So uh, coming up next is my chat with Carly Wiesel. Thank you to future version of myself uh, joining me to discuss Marvel's Avengers Campus coming to Disney's California Adventure and take our mind off of the coronavirus is Carly Wiesel. Hello there. <laughs> Hi, I'm so happy to be here talking about things that are not related to current things. Yes, absolutely. My, me too. Uh, how are you? How, how is lockdown life treating you? What, what is it like out there in terms of... <laughs> um, it's, it's good. I am in California, which puts me at a far advantage from a lot of other people. Um, just the fact that when we do go outside for what I basically call our daily gasp of breath, um, it's if it's bad weather out, that just means there's a tiny bit of rain. So it's been good. I You'd think I'd be more used to working from home, but I am not. So it's been challenging. But otherwise, I, I really don't have much to complain about. I feel like if you don't have kids right now, you got nothing to say. <laughs> How are you holding up? Not too bad. We, we were definitely, it seemed like a little bit slow to... Uh get our house in order and take the uh the situation as seriously as it needed to be taken but we've got there if you pay enough attention to the news it can certainly all seem quite horrific but uh yeah generally speaking it's not too bad as you say there are there are worse places to be uh, yes. than, than where we each are so yeah it could it could be worse um but but what what does it what does a theme park journalist do when there are no theme parks to go to? Very very good question. Open to suggestions. <laughs> um, I 
I mean, I'm famously bad at managing my time. So thankfully, I have not been bored yet during however long I have been inside. I, I have a lot of projects and things that I've been putting off forever, which I still haven't done somehow. But I've really just been doing a lot of cooking, uh, spending an ungodly amount of time on Instagram, just really spending most of my day talking to other Parks fans, which you'd be surprised, but it, it takes up a lot of time. Yeah, and and it could go on for quite some time to come. I hate to break it to you, but it it doesn't it doesn't feel to me like uh, these theme parks are going to reopen anytime soon. I, I did notice you wrote sort of a, a brief piece earlier this week, correct, about what you think the, the parks might look like. I mean, I, I really don't want I, I really don't want to talk about coronavirus. <laughs> I, oh, I, I tried to, but at the same time, I am kind of curious to know just very briefly what. Like what you think the parks might look like when we are allowed back into them. Well, I think the, so the piece you're referencing is my weekly sci-fi column which, yes, uh, for correct. Sci-Fi Wire, which I have been writing every week, which has been really interesting because the reason the column began, it must've been almost a year ago at this point was because there's so much Disney parks news specifically there. We talk about all parks, like amusement parks, theme parks, everything, but there's so much news coming out of Disney that it necessitated a weekly update. But at this point, I thought we would have nothing to talk about. And there's still a ton of news. So this past week, because the news was that Bob Iger had given an interview to the New York Times, and there was a lot of details that came out of that, well, uh, an email response to a feature they were writing, essentially. It wasn't a Q&A. He also did a Q&A at Barron's, but that's a different story. Anyway. Um, a lot of the this week's past this past week's column was discussing kind of uh, breaking down everything he said and everything the piece inferred and what that means for the future, both in terms of the company and in terms of the parks. And for the parks, the only thing we really know on the record is that they're they floated publicly the idea of temperatures being taken. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm inclined to I don't like to infer a lot of things, but I would have to think that. If Bob Iger, who first said it in a Q&A with Barron's, floated that publicly, it had to have been so that we would kind of mentally be on board with something like that possibly happening. So I think that there will be safety precautions in place, but I don't, I don't know. And I think anybody who says they do also is probably just guessing because I think the company themselves is still figuring it out. I mean, the Shanghai Park is the only park that is still somewhat functioning. Their downtown Disney town area is somewhat open. Their Shanghai Disney hotel is somewhat open. So they are the first portion of a resort to have guests there. And I think everyone's just kind of waiting until that park, because it will probably open first to like, see what happens with that park and how they handle crowds. And then we will probably adjust from there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, theme parks in general aren't really, they don't really jive with the whole social distancing thing, but there are certainly attractions which uh, even more so do not jive, like theatre environments and things like that. Or, uh, you know, sharing 3D glasses and things would probably not be something anyone would want to do. But um, yeah, uh, I think... I know, like a lot of people have been guessing and I really think that it's just worth putting a pin in it until Shanghai opens because mm. they're going to have to think of a solution for theaters and for boat rides and things like that because they have outdoor attractions, they have indoor attractions. And seeing what happens with operations there, I assume will greatly inform what happens here. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think of all the major parks, I think Universal in Singapore is kind of the last one standing, which uh, was also the last theme park I went to and, and maybe will go to for the foreseeable. My phone reminded me earlier, much to my disdain, that I was meant to be flying out to Florida on Sunday. And I was like, no phone, oh. that's... <laughs> Phone, that's not happening, I'm afraid. Uh, I'm so sorry. I, I know Siri just takes pleasure in reminding me of the uh, the awful nature of life right now. But anyway, uh, yeah, and Singapore until the very end, as far as I could see, was operating fairly normally. There were temperature checks, which um, was actually the only new attraction, the only new thing to queue for uh, when I went in January compared to when I was there a year or two ago. Um, mm. But yeah, other than that, it was all normal from what I could see. But anyway, um, I think we'll move on from coronavirus unless there's anything else. <laughs> yes, <laughs> to like greener, to... more uh, acrobatic pastures. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, so Avengers Campus then, which is, well, uh, I've got I've got various bits of your uh, clippings from your various uh, Sci-Fi Y articles laid out in front of me on my desk. And uh, the top line of one of them <laughs> says that it was it's meant to open in uh, July 18th, which, uh, yeah, again, um, we'll, we'll see about that, I think. But yeah, well, just to give some insight. So uh, I went to a preview of Avengers Campus, which is coming to Disney California Adventure, question mark, question mark. Yep. And we we went to this event on, it must have been a Friday. And the, oh gosh, I'm blanking on the days, but I believe the next Wednesday, all the stories just magically appeared online. The way stuff like this goes sometimes is that we learn a lot of stuff under embargo. And then once that embargo lifts, that's when you get those moments where you're like, wait, what? Star Wars news? Or like, oh my God, Avengers news? It just yeah. happens. And so that embargo lifted and we released all this information and I believe the park closures were announced the following day. So a lot, like a lot of this is kind of intertwined with that breaking news yeah. because on literally on the Wednesday this all came out, it was like, well, we'll see what happens, but things are pretty good. And the next day the world changed. So TBD on opening date, but um, we did, you know, we did get to tour it. We did get to learn all the info and see a few special things that are coming. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. this article is dated March 11th, which already feels like about six years ago to me. So <laughs> I'm, I'll be impressed yes. if you can remember much of what you saw at all, but uh, we'll see Ooh, how we get too, on. Me too, buddy, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into sort of specifics, I don't know if you could sort of lay out the broad overview, what, what you get the sense is like Disney's MO here for this land. Yes. Uh, if I had to say with broad strokes, it's a physical place where all of these characters can coexist within story, which is also within a theme park, which is a very difficult task because you are dealing with truly, a, a, like an actual universe worth of characters who mm. only recently combined and only for uh, dangerous battle purposes. Indeed. And you have to place that within a theme park and have that story make sense. So Avengers Campus is... Uh, so-called training facility where they all spend time but also welcome guests in so that we can kind of like learn tasks and become our own tiny helpful mini superheroes cool um yeah because you one of the pieces you wrote was interesting in terms of how its approach differs to galaxy's edge which again i haven't had the chance to go to galaxy's edge yet i don't know if i mentioned i was meant to be going this weekend and i was <laughs> That Something phone got in the alert. way, yeah, alas. <laughs> um, but that—that, that, if I'm not mistaken, is very much 
designed to sort of make you feel as though you are in an actual planet from the on an actual planet from the Star Wars universe and you are almost meant to role play alongside uh, the characters that you meet and, and really feel like you're part of this story whereas whereas this I, I guess the the value that comes from this being meant to be being an environment where theme park guests are being invited to this Avengers campus I, I guess it might give it a bit more of a sense of self-awareness that I, I, I get the sense would you know really suit the kind of tone of the the Marvel movies, certainly the Galaxy's Edge stuff. I, I have seen people complain about things like, "Oh, I queued ages to get a photo with Kylo Ren, and he wouldn't pose for a silly selfie because he insisted on being really in character." Because that's kind of the vibe that they've gone for with Galaxy's Edge is being really true to the source material, whereas you, you get the sense that the Avengers one is a little more playing it, playing it a little looser, maybe. Yeah, it's just, it's, the approach is one that it's not really transporting you outside of a theme park in California, like yeah. Galaxy's Edge is. Yeah. It, with, with Galaxy's Edge, you are, when you enter that land, you are immediately part of an immersive story that has lore to it, it has background to it. You are someone who chooses between the light and the dark. Like, do you identify with Kylo Ren or are you going to escape to the Resistance Forest area and join Ray and everyone else on a mission. Like you kind of choose your fate. Mm. Whereas Avengers Campus is both physically in California and story-wise in California, it is modern day. If you walk in there on a Tuesday in 2020, you are going to have 2020 technology. You are going to have 2020 references. Like it, it is as modern as it possibly could be, which I think is, it's not better or worse. I just think it's very cool that, especially because this is such a massive movie franchise. I believe it is the highest grossing film franchise of all time, or it has the highest grossing film, one of the two. But to probably, have people who everybody, yeah, probably uh, at this point to have like to have people just wander in and you don't need to know anything. You know who Iron Man is, you know who Thor is, and you get to interact with them in a space that doesn't really require you to download a lot of information, I think is a really good complement to what's happening across the way at Disneyland with Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, and I guess also not tying it specifically to a point in the movie franchise or anything else means they don't have to, you know, spoilers, but I've seen Black Widow in some of these pictures from uh, Avengers Campus and she's dead. So, yeah, they <laughs> yeah. don't have to worry about yeah, that kind of thing. Whereas Galaxy's Edge is meant to be sort of set between episodes, right? Like eight and nine, which yes, just opens which a can a of worms because Kylo Ren shouldn't have a helmet in that case. And yet, there he is with a helmet. Yes, and there are certain characters that maybe should not be there that are, um, mm. or wouldn't have if it was slightly later. But with Avengers Campus, I mean, it's smart. They were just like, it's a multiverse, move on. And it's just like, yeah, okay, like no one wants to sacrifice not seeing Iron Man to stay true to story. So I mm. like that they're like, yeah, a multiverse washes every issue away, explains it all, everybody's here, have a good time. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, okay, so getting into some of the sort of specific things that you saw, I don't know if we can start with like the meet and greets and the kind of character interactions that are going to be dotted around the land. Is it, do you get the sense that it's going to be characters kind of walking around or designated meet and greets? I, I know you also talked a little bit about some like a show with Doctor Strange. Is it kind of a mix of all three of those kinds of character experiences? And also, I don't know if you want to talk briefly about the the costumes, because as someone who, in terms of Marvel at theme parks, 
uh, is only familiar with the stuff at Islands of Adventure, and I don't think those costumes have changed <laughs> since 1999. <laughs> uh, the, these ones from the from the picture, for the most part, anyway, look really great. I'm not sure about Star Lord's wig. If that is a wig, I don't know. It looks like one, but like the Spider Man and the Ant Man suits look pretty great. Yes, um, I will work backwards because I hope I remember yes, I, everything I laid I'm a supposed lot to hit. There, but, so. Oh no, it's fine. I'm good. Um, so the uh, the costumes for the characters. So some of these characters have already been seen within the theme park. One of them is Star Lord. He has a dance party in front of Mission Breakout. Uh, yes. So that costume pre exists. Um, I'm looking at the same photo you're referencing, and I I believe that's a it must be a wig. It's very shiny, um, but specifically spider-man's outfit will change for this land i know it's an exclusive suit for the land and i believe iron man's suit is as well cool so there's a mix of things that have been seen in the parks before and have not character costuming wise but in terms of the actual characters they really drive the spirit of the land um from what we were told and granted keep in mind this was all announced prior to a lot of financial burdens that the company is facing right now. Mm. So as far as I know, all of this is still on the table, but I would have to presume with, you know, the obvious knowledge of what we know now that a few things could change. But however, it is a mix of standard meet and greets where you queue up and you get to meet Spider-Man and Iron Man specifically. It's a mix of entertainment elements where you can see Dr. Strange do a show. You can see um, there's a, I forget the name of it, but there's a Wakandan sort of training tutorial pop-up show that just happens. Like it'll just be an atmospheric show with the Dora Milaje. Mm -hmm. And then there is a stunt show up on top of the actual Avengers campus, which is this, um, it's a taller building in the center of the land. So no matter where you are on the land, it's happening on the roof. So you can see it. So it's, we're told that it won't be the same show all day. Different things will happen, but you will see a few of the Avengers battle taskmaster, who is the villain of the forthcoming black widow film. Yes. So there's this mix of, and on top of that, just characters just walking around. Like, and the thing I was most excited about was seeing those characters interact that we wouldn't really see. That's what drew me so much to the last two Avengers films was that like, we've been like laying the groundwork of this for so long. And finally you can see these people interact and see what that's like. And being able to like pull that part of the film out, which was my favorite part and have that just be living in the land every single day will be very cool. Cause I, I want to know what happens to, like the door Melange sees Stormlord. Like I want to know. And the mix of all of that will comprise like the full entertainment character meet and greet scope from what I was told and understand. Cool. Do they, do they drive around on silly little quad bikes with big flags though? That's, that's, the, that's what they're <laughs> up against here. I, well, so uh, actually they mentioned that there would be one, they've used a few vehicles in DCA, I believe, but I think they mentioned there would be one driving through sometimes, but I can't recall. Right. I mean, to be fair, there, there might be a really obvious one that I'm not thinking of, but there isn't like a ton of memorable kind of vehicle action in any of the Marvel, uh, in any of the MCU films that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, besides like yeah, the not, Quinjet I mean, well, and the things only thing, like that. Yeah, the Quinjet, which is for the, um, was announced at D23 Expo, forthcoming very far down the line, future attraction. Yeah. So. 
eventually, eventually, eventually we will probably get a Quinjet. But until then, it's just the, I always refer to it as an explosion of characters because they're just going to be around, just be mingling. And uh, the the rooftop show you mentioned, is that is that where the the crazy uh anim- well i want to call it an animatronic i think that might be not doing it justice really but the the crazy flippy spider-man robot dude that people have seen i mean <laughs> yeah, i only saw it for the first time properly about a week ago because us being second class citizens here in the uk we only just got disney plus <laughs> so uh, i only just watched the episode of um those one day at disney shorts where they talk mm. about the the crazy jumpy robot uh and it's certainly very spider-man ish and uh it seems like that will be part of this land is that presumably going to form part of that rooftop show do you think so that so um the rooftop show which has a few avengers facing a villain the only one that has been announced was taskmaster i have to assume different ones will come in and out down the road that is happening in the center of the land whereas the top of the attraction building where web slingers is which is the spider-man themed ride above there spider-man will be doing acrobatics crazy jumpy flippy type things that so the spider-man who's on top of the building it they would not confirm to us that it was in fact an animatronic until they had the annual shareholders meeting and Bob Chapek, Bob Chapek himself said it. So confirmed now publicly, it is the, what they call a stuntronic. Uh, and it's that when you see that thing move, you're like, this Spider-Man. Like it just like, <laughs> has that same sort of flip and the motion of it. You just can't ignore it. Yeah. I, would, I always reference, uh, there is a wonderful TechCrunch article about it, which really broke the news about uh, that figure before, any of the documentary things were released and reading that will really give some insight into how this character can move and how they will utilize it within the land. It sounds, it looks and sounds almost too good to be true. I mean, and I guess they have to be super, super certain that it's absolutely ready for prime time. So not to sort of scar the childhood of so many youngsters who might turn <laughs> up if, you, if they see Spider-Man horrifically fall to his demise at Disneyland. That'd be grim. But, oh, well, um, he, yeah. Well, from what I, what I was told at one point, which I haven't really heard much elsewhere, is that the the movements on the rooftop will be somewhat intertwined with his meet and greet. I don't know Ah. how that will be executed, but there will be more of a show element than like, what is that thing up there flipping? So there will be like a much more entertainment personal aspect to it than you'd probably assume just from looking at the movements of that figure. So it's like the next generation of the Terminator 2 show where it phases from live (laughs) Arnie to movie Arnie. Excellent. Um, yeah. Before we go to the Spider-Man ride, which is probably the most interesting part of all this so far, I mean, I'm, I was pretty uh, intrigued by some of the food and merch that you saw, uh, specifically the crazy oversized... Wait, was it... I, I'm forgetting now. Was it a big piece of chicken there's, and a tiny bun or the other way around? <laughs> yes. yes, it's so funny. It's like a piece of schnitzel, basically, on a small-ish bun, like a slider bun, which I think is so smart because it's so it's so simple but still fun. Like, it's such an easy concept. They didn't have to invent any certain bun or, like, in any type of food. They just no. played with the size of it 
And when you eat it, like I laughed when I ate it. I was like, this is ridiculous because <laughs> it's fun to be served food that you like it. You know, it's very like medieval times where you have to eat like a huge thing with your hands or it's very turkey leg in that respect where you're like, this is comical. How big this is. <laughs> yeah. um, and also the chicken was very good, but it is it's very silly. The food lineup is pretty interesting. I'm excited about it. Yeah, and just to be clear, it's all like a it's an Ant Man, an Ant Man gag, right? It's uh, the, this food yeah. has been shot with pin particles, but not all of the food has, uh, which mm-hmm. creates these crazy situations. And then on the merch front, you've got these little spider bot things, which I guess are kind of they're going to want kids to come off that ride and be like, I want a spider bot. And they'll be like, well, good news. Here's one right here. And, (laughs) you know, gosh knows how much they'll cost, but presumably they'll be in line with the Star Wars droids or something like that. Yeah, most likely. Um, No prices have yet been confirmed, but these spider bots are built, as they say, for battle. So they are remote controlled and um, you can play with one yourself, but their in, the intention is that you use it to battle each other and they do like a cute little back and forth fight thing that's very cool cool um okay so the spider-man ride then uh yes w- w- i remember when they first announced this i was uh, maybe a little unsure of it just because the spider-man ride at islands of, islands of adventure and also uh, universal in japan is it might still be my favorite theme park ride of all time and i think it especially since they did the the 4k update a few years ago it holds up really really well uh and the idea of of disney going for a a spider-man ride as their kind of initial linchpin of their avengers land uh i mean it's certainly ballsy but i i can't imagine how they would dare try to top what universal have done with spider-man so Based on what you've seen, how are they trying to top what Universal have done with Spider-Man? I would I wouldn't actually say they're trying to top it. I would say it's a much different attraction. If they were using something that was a similar storyline or format, then it mm. would be a complete gauntlet. <laughs> but yeah. I think that they they smartly approached it with, you know, the same base character, except that it is so deeply rooted in the Tom Holland Spider-Man and this like very MCU Spider-Man story that even though it is the same character, the attraction feels completely different from the fantastic one that is at Universal. Uh, so while the Universal one is very you're very passive you are still part of the drama, but you're not doing anything to change what's happening in front of you. Web Slingers is an interactive ride where it's 3D and you are, um, you're slinging webs out of your wrist. So when you sling these webs, not only are you participating in the storyline, you are moving objects and opening objects by way of these webs that you are slinging. So just based on the fact that it's not like a high stakes, uh, like danger infused attraction, it's more of a fun, lighthearted, like, oops, we got to catch all these crazy spider bots. Like the storyline is much lighter and, and involves more play than the other one. So because of that, it doesn't really, even though it is the same character, it doesn't really feel like it is because of the way they have formatted it. And in terms of how exactly you're slinging webs, so yeah, yeah, how does how does that work? You're not putting on like a a, a web shooter like Spider Man would have. It's all like motion based and gesture based, right? So you're not wearing anything yes. or putting anything on besides your three D glasses. 
Yeah. And that's why I think, um, that's why I think it's not really, people aren't really going to be debating between the two because they do feel so different. Uh, you will get on board the attraction, which seats eight, but it's four back to back in the same way that the easiest ride to compare it to is Toy Story Mania because they are kind of built from the same platform. But this one is much different. Um, when you're on it, they are using, like you said, just gesture, just so hard to say aloud, gesture based tracking. So they're tracking your your head, your shoulders, your arms. They're checking your location so quickly that you your eye can't register how it's working. So it will just look like when you flick your wrist, a web is coming out of your arm. And and is it precise enough that you you have to do the the web shooter thing with, with your fingers? Will it, do you have to do that? That's that's pretty cool. So yes, but um, so two things about that. One is that we ourselves did not have the opportunity to shoot the web, but we saw footage from the attraction as well as actually it might not have been footage. It might've just been an image. So we saw, a, you know, a bit into the attraction, but we also saw footage of people doing it. So we were able to see how the gesture tracking technology works from the perspective of a camera on four passengers. And it, what, what I found so interesting was that when you in your head think like, I'm Spider-Man, I'm going to sling a web. You just shoot one or two, you know, you're just like, woo, like I'm shooting a web. But yeah. the way that they were doing it was almost as like as quickly as if they were playing drums they were just like shoot 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 like wouldn't stop shooting their wrists so it's it's a lot of like it's a lot of i don't know shaking a maraca like i think that's maybe the closest uh hand motion to explain so it's a lot of it's a lot of repetitive movement i don't think it's going to be as dialed in as like you shoot one and you are staring at your wrist to see it go out right oh, okay if that, if that makes sense i'm not entirely sure if i'm explaining that well yeah i, I guess the sort of implication of all this is that the webs are coming straight out of our wrists. Like, uh, again, those, those Tobey Maguire films were obviously onto something with that because people yeah, kind it's, of, yeah, it's cool. It is. I, I yeah, I, I'm pleased to hear that they're definitely going. They're approaching it differently than um, Universal did. Uh, I, I guess I'm like stupidly, weirdly. Uh, I, it sounds so lame, but almost kind of protective of that Spider-Man ride because I have such fond memories of it. And I guess, I guess mm-hmm. there's part of me that would almost like Disney to kind of uh, go in a different direction and maybe embrace some characters that haven't had quite so much love in other parks, which is why, I, you know, I, I wasn't that precious about them retheming the Tower of Terror uh, in California to Guardians of the Galaxy just because it gave the Guardians of the Galaxy an opportunity to front a ride, which they would never have got anywhere else. So, yeah, I, I, I guess the, the future attraction, which I guess we could talk about very briefly, seems like it would tap in more to certainly the Black Panther side of things. And I guess there's opportunities for all sorts of heroes to show up on that one. But, uh, yeah, I, I guess it just goes to show that Spider-Man probably remains the most popular Marvel superhero of all of them, even though he was kind of in a movie no man's land until relatively recently. <laughs> He's still the the top banana when it comes to the Marvel heroes. Yeah. But, uh, the, I, the thing that I like about it, because I've been on the Iron Man experience in Hong Kong. Um, I haven't been on the Ant-Man and Wasp nano battle, but oh, yeah. those two attractions are more focused on 
not on conflict and on, you know, a, a traditional attraction storyline of something goes wrong and, and we need to solve it. Mm. Whereas this is just the thing that goes wrong is pretty nominal. It's just you're at an engineering brigade, like a, a gathering of smart whiz kids, and they program these robots and they go a little haywire and you have to catch them. So it's more of a fun game task for all ages instead of something that where danger is looming around the corner. And I really like that, especially because these franchises are built on like half the universe disappearing, that they decided <laughs> yeah. to go a route where it's like friendly and fun and lighthearted instead of like, doom and blue yeah um and if it does prove to be tom holland i mean he seems like he could very easily oh, carry they, a theme park attraction they confirmed that he will be participating in the attraction um that was confirmed after we had our preview event so ah. i'm not exactly sure in which way because you know they can throw a mask on and have his voice and it's it's kind of him but it doesn't show his face uh yeah. so we do not know yet but he will be participating in the attraction in some form cool maybe he's like sitting at the front of your car like et that would be fun but um he, he seems like he's got the personality to uh to carry a theme park ride pretty easily so yes yes he has that like that like q line video energy <laughs> yeah absolutely um okay so this quinjet ride then i mean you mentioned earlier that it's like far-flung future type stuff and uh i hate to I won't mention the C word again, but obviously that that casts a long shadow over all theme park plans for the foreseeable future, um, one would imagine. So who knows? Uh, this ride could be uh, could have a very different look and feel. I mean, we, we know little about it anyway, do we really? But it, it could end up being different to maybe what they were thinking it would look like a year ago or whatever. But based on what you've seen and heard in terms of like concept art and whatnot, what what's the Quinjet ride likely to be? Is it is it a is it would well, I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but would it be like this land's Rise of the Resistance? Is this like would that be like the the big you know the the A class ride that that would really get people excited for the land even more so than the Spider Man ride? Is that the sense you get from it? So. Unfortunately, um, if I said I knew anything, I would be lying because uh, the only time information has been shared about it was at D23 Expo. So anything that any that you or anyone listening knows is the same amount that I know. It was mentioned there as one of the few things that was breaking news that we hadn't heard about before and since then has not been discussed. Um, a few people asked about it at the event and the event was restricted to just phase one because that ride was always expected to be a phase two. Actually, let me back up. Uh, they consider this the land when it launches to be phase two because guardians of the galaxy was open already. So the land is phase oh, two. Right. That attraction would be phase three. So because it's, it was already supposed to be pretty far down the line. Um, I, I know nothing new about it. I don't know anything status wise, good or bad, but from, I, I, I'm really not sure because from the way they described it, it seems like it would be a ride system we haven't seen before because you'd mm. be on a Quinjet, which I would, I mean, it's impossible not to parallel the Quinjet experience with, um, I'm not going to be spoilery because you haven't been yet with a portion of rise of the resistance, but the, what happens after that, I don't know what it would look like. And I can only really guess. Hmm. 
Sure. Well, yeah. As I say, who knows? It, it, elements of that particular project could be up in the air at this point. So uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, yeah, but they did, did say it was an e-ticket. And like they said that on stage at Expo. So that signals that this would be a big investment and a big undertaking. So it would probably be one of the banner rides at that theme park. Yeah. And um and this, I know, so this is obviously California Adventure. I know there are, I think, plans for maybe a, a sort of a small slice of a, an Avengers campus type location in the offing for a few of the other Disney parks, right? I know Paris is meant to be getting, I think Paris is retheming its rock and roller coaster to something Iron Man. Um, yeah. And they've already got some, last time I was there, it was about a year and a half ago, they, they had a like a live stunt show with Marvel characters. So they've already got a little bit going on, but not a ton. So California Adventure, that the Avengers campus there is going to be like, it's, it's not going to be a situation like Galaxy's Edge where they try and replicate the same thing everywhere. It seems more like you're going to have different Marvel experiences at different parks around the world. Is that more what they're going for? Yes, yeah, that's what it seems like it's shaping up as. And I mean, that could change at any time. Like they could, this e-ticket ride could appear at more than one park. You never know. But it seems like it's more connected in story than being replicated fully. Sure. And and obviously everyone knows about the uh, ridiculously specific uh, Marvel licensing deal that Universal has that means so Disney can only use characters that are in no way featured at the Marvel Superhero Island in their Florida parks? Is it is this as, as straightforward as that? Which <laughs> I, I, I get... honestly I've tried to read it so many times. Uh my eyes just glaze over. Uh, <laughs> I, it's so dense. But essentially there it comes down to families, which is very tricky because the final two Avengers film kind of globs them all together into one group. Um all I know is that somehow Disney pulled off a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster yeah. that will be opening at Epcot. I don't know how they did it. Um, and because of that, I'm kind of like, well, I really don't know what this agreement means. Uh, but essentially, at, like there was a certain up until a certain point of time, they had to. I, I think that they were able to open Guardians on the West Coast because they weren't yet in the family because that happened prior to the Avengers films, yada, yada, yada. It is a legalese mess, but it all comes down to West of the Mississippi, Disneyland can do more with Marvel characters than they can do at Disney World. Right. Okay. I think I've got you. <laughs> so... Yeah, it's it's so detailed and it's... Oh, it's maddening. Um, but basically, yeah. And I mean, clearly it's, uh, from what I understand, the agreement has to be at least somewhat flexible because the Guardians ride is coming to Epcot and it's not open yet. And those characters are already part of the like Marvel universe in that family of the Avengers. Mm. So it's, uh, it's a lot. It's, but- it's, a, it's a headache that I have so far been able to get through my job not having to deal with <laughs> yeah, just, just a very brief tangent before I, before we wrap this up I um, all this talk of family has made me think of Fast and the Furious and I, I had this conversation with my pal Josh on on the podcast a few weeks ago about is is Dwayne Johnson potentially the only, could, could he become 
the second because we, we were trying to work out basically which actors have a presence at Disney and at Universal, and we thought of uh, Donald Gleason, who is uh, yeah. Bill Weasley and uh, yeah. General Hux, and yeah, then we were thinking. Presence. Could Dwayne Johnson, if he was to get a role in some form on the Jungle Cruise, uh, could he then join the club? Because he is, of course, on the Fast and the Furious ride. But we have actually just overlooked the more obvious Fast and the Furious possibility, which is Vin Diesel, who is Groot and is also obviously on the Fast and the Furious ride. So is he joining the club then? Or is he already in the club? You're right. Well... Chris Pratt is in that club as oh, well because Chris Pratt is in the Jurassic World attraction at Universal Studios Hollywood. But, but not, I not forgot about Vin Diesel. The club is getting You're bigger, right. and we have yeah, lots of people sneaking into this club. Even yeah, because he's kind of like yeah. You're right. Yep. Well, there we are. Yeah, well, wow. yeah, I I mean, I don't like to be a conspiracy theorist, but my money is on them updating Jungle Cruise after that movie comes out, because I saw a preview of it. I think it's the trailer that's now out now during D23 Expo and was like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm instantly a fan. I'm here for this. This was <laughs> incredible. I love it forever. Um, and I mean, it's it's the rock. Like, we all love him. How could they not? Put him in an attraction. So I would, I would, if I was gambling on anything, I'd say that Jungle Cruise, once that film comes out, will probably see some sort of update. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, I, it I just makes it, sense. It certainly does. Yeah. I, I hope it doesn't mean them getting rid of like live skippers and putting robot Dwayne Johnson's on every boat. I, I could maybe be into that the first two or three times, but eventually you might, I don't know, you'd have to have a lot of lines, but I guess we'll have to wait and see on that front. Um, I do hope the Jungle Cruise is good, though. We, we not so long ago we went through every film based on a theme park ride that we could get our hands on, and uh, it was a tough time. <laughs> it was just <laughs> it was uh, some real, some real it bad films. Good. I don't know, like like he he was involved in the making of it. He wasn't just hired as an actor. He was like on it from the beginning and so i think because he has i don't know i respect him so much and he has such high standards that i think because he was involved the whole time he's gonna make sure that a quality movie is released sure well i mean last film i saw him in was hobbs and shaw i will which i loved i loved it i know a lot of people did it i loved it i loved it so much it makes no sense i don't care it's like just let me shove popcorn into my face hole for two hours i just don't care i love it so much (laughs) okay okay you didn't think it was a perfect film no (laughs) uh i I mean i kind of appreciated how it became like lord of the rings meets moana at the end which i I, (laughs) that was quite fun in a way i didn't expect but uh yeah i don't know but yeah jungle cruise hopefully is good i I don't think i've ever seen anything with emily blunt in that i haven't enjoyed so yeah I, i i will i will go into it with cautious optimism but obviously it's now not coming out until next summer and uh yes. so a fair way to wait um cool uh, just sort of final final thoughts then what, what what was your sort of how are your sort of hype levels coming out of the uh avengers campus event were they were they greater than they were going in what are your kind of yeah what, what's kind of your main takeaway from what you saw and heard yeah i 
excited about it after I went to the preview. It's not that I wasn't looking forward to it. I just didn't know what to expect because we know these characters so well, but it's always in a in the middle of a horrible, dramatic, violent global happening we like rare like i didn't know what it would be like to hang out with them on a weekend with my friends an hour from my house i couldn't really rectify what those two things coming together would look like and i think what they built was a really really great land for that park for disney california adventure but specifically for the local audience a lot of what they did instead of making you know like like uh like Iron Man mugs and like things that look like the characters. They really created a place where it makes sense. The characters would be wandering around. And while you're there, you can have like lightly Avengers influenced food, have a drink, hang out. The entertainment is meant to be seen from the entire land. Like it just, it really feels built for an audience that spends their time at the parks this way. And I kind of love that because if it was like some intense of like had to buy into some sort of idea thing specifically for these characters, I wouldn't really be desperate to go there because I go to the parks for to like feel joy and hang out with my friends and have a nice time. And the fact that it's very lighthearted when these films are absolutely not uh, is really resonated with me. And it's like, it's just everything there is so intentional for their audience. And I respect that they know their audience and they cater to them because even the food at, um, at Pim, there's Pim test kitchen and Pim tasting lab. Pim tasting lab is the bar within the seating area of the restaurant. But at the restaurant, the food, like the pretzel is gigantic. It is meant for you to split with four people. They sell a Pimini, which is a, their plan, the Panini. It was unbelievable, by the way. They sell like a, a gigantic sandwich that you can order like a pizza to split with friends. Everything is, can be made large format. And I love the idea that like, no, there's no other place in a theme park where you can, the food is meant to be served like that. I mean, sure, they can sell a full pizza and you can buy like a bowl for four, a full family thing. It's a Thule Canteen at Disney World, but this is really the type of thing where it's like, oh, we're just going to hang out and snack and watch Black Widow do some stuff. And I really, really like that because that's what I actually want to do at a theme park. I want to hang out and have a nice time. And it really, really suits that. Yeah. Cool. I mean, yeah. One thing I would say is that it's obviously the the bulk of the recent Avengers films certainly have been quite high drama. But um, I, I guess you do, you are sometimes reminded there are scenes where the heroes do kind of you're reminded of the fact that these heroes are almost celebrities within the Marvel universe. I seem to remember a scene in uh, Thor Ragnarok where someone asked for a selfie with Loki. And obviously there was that great scene in Endgame where they're in the diner and Hulk is taking selfies and no one knows who Ant-Man is. That's really great. So yeah, tapping into that kind of side of things sounds like definitely a a smart way to go for a theme park. Uh, So yeah, sounds good. I am... Also now more excited having uh, read your stuff and talked to you here than I perhaps was when I first started looking um, and hearing details of the land uh, a few months back. So, yeah, sounds great. Um, Thanks very much for spending some time talking to me about your trip. Uh, Hope lockdown continues to treat you as well as can be expected. Uh, (laughs) Where can people find you on the Internet? 
Um, because my name is spelled crazy, I have every handle and URL. So <laughs> you can find me at Carly Weisel. It's spelled C-A-R-L-Y-E-W-I-S-E-L on Twitter. I am on Instagram all day. Please come hang out with me. Uh, there is not much going on. <laughs> uh, and then my website, CarlyWeisel.com, has links to a lot of my bigger stories, which has a few deep dives into kind of Disney fan culture and major guides for if you're planning a trip. And a lot of these Avengers stories can be found on Sci-Fi's website, spelled S-Y-F-Y. Um, and there's different breakdowns of uh, comparison between this land and Galaxy's Edge and a whole breakdown of all the characters you'll see and things like that. So definitely take a look if you want to do some light reading afterwards. Yes, I highly recommend people do do that. Um, cool. Well, as I say, take it easy. And uh, until next time. Great. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. That was my chat with Carly Weisel. Thank you to her a great deal. As I said, I thought it was a pretty interesting chat. Hope you did too. And as she said, and just to reiterate, you can follow her, if you're not already, on the Twitters and the Instagrams at Carly Weisel. That's going to do it for this week's show. Once again, hope you enjoyed it. Feedback, much appreciated, especially when we're doing something new like an interview. You can email us, podcast at parkrush.com. You can also tweet us at parkrushpodcast. And we're on Instagram as well on that very same tag. Josh and I will be back next week. We are not fully decided yet on exactly what we'll be talking about we do have a few ideas in the offing and among them is something separate from the podcast itself we're thinking of starting to do some streaming think of it as some behind the scenes for our ongoing theme park video game review series we will post details of that as and when it is all confirmed on our twitter page but at the very least, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Park Rush podcast in all the usual places. If you haven't already, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or you can find us at parkrush.com. Until next week, stay indoors and stay safe and stay healthy. Please, we'll get through this. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.